my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off Podcast Show. My name is Julie Turney, and I am your host. I hope that you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about employee engagement. And to have that conversation with me, previous guest and author, great friend, Deborah Corey. How are you doing today, Deborah? I'm doing great. The sun is shining. I'm seeing your smiling face. My dog's Uh, curled up having a nap. All is good. All is good. All is good. (laughs) It's so great to have this conversation and to connect with you again. So the last time that we came together to record a podcast, we talked about this book. Yes. 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 The Build It book, The Rebel Playbook for World Class Employee Engagement. And this book you co-authored with um, Glenn Elliott from Reward Gateway. I remember this. But today we're going to talk about, we're moving from building it to appreciate it. I just want you to know, I did have a book in between, in between. But, I, but I didn't use the word it at the end. Uh-huh. So then not every book is going to be build it, appreciate it. Yes. But uh, in this particular situation, it made sense to use the word again. And this time I put an exclamation point at the end. Yes. Also. So mix it up a little. Absolutely. Again, Deborah, another fantastic out of the ballpark book. Thank you. So let's talk about you. Let's talk about the book. Let's talk about employee recognition. Um, but first of all, for, for those in our audience who may not have met you before, may not have heard the previous podcast, tell the, tell our audience a little bit about who is Deborah Corey. So I have been doing HR my entire career, and let's just say it's more than 20 years. I think you get to a certain point and you just stop. So yeah. 20, 20 plus, 20 plus years. years. Exactly. Yes. Um, And I've worked in a variety of organizations from big, huge global companies like Gap. My last company, um, you mentioned Reward Gateway. That was my last company I worked at, which was a a tech company. Yes. So, and anything I did pharmaceuticals, I did roller coasters. Um, So that was a big part of my career. And now I've moved into um, another phase of my career, which I call the pay it forward phase, mm-hmm. which uh, my title is chief pay it forward officer. Yes. It. When I you have your own company, you just make up your own title. That's, that's it. I Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. There you go. And you're a pay it forward officer. So it's all about doing things like writing my books, yes. uh, doing talks with you, going in and helping companies. So um, I'm really excited how I've sort of moved my career, still doing things focused around people, but in different ways. Yes. Yes. And the world is better for having you here. Uh, right back at you. Thank you so much for all your hard work that you do. So let's talk about the book. Appreciate it. Why did you decide to write this book? Well, it's interesting because when I wrote Build It with Glenn, there is a model in the book called the Engagement Bridge, mm-hmm. which is basically it has 10 elements and it's all the things that we have in our businesses to engage our people. 
Um, it's not rocket science. It's basically if you and I had a chat about all the tools, that's what it is. So I gave myself a goal of writing a book or a white paper on each of the 10 elements. So luckily enough, my first book was on communication. So tick, I did that. My, my book after build it was on values. And then this book I did on recognition. And the reason I decided to do recognition at this point in time, mm -hmm. um, twofold. First of all, when you look at the statistics on how we appreciate our people, yeah. it's, it's embarrassing. Things it like 65% of people said they had not been appreciated during the year. You know, forget about a quarter or a month. Um, they are not being appreciated. And another study said something like 74% of people said that one of the main reasons they left their company was because they didn't feel appreciated. Mm. So there's this huge appreciation gap. Yeah. That's the problem. But my whole idea on writing books is that I write books when there's a problem or a gap, yeah. but then also when I have a solution. Have a so solution. I've been using a model for years. I've got golden rules that I use. And every time I share it with people, they're like writing it down. I thought, well, why don't I pay it forward by putting it in a book? Yeah. Uh, and as you know, my books, half of my books are tips and tools. And then the other half, since they're playbooks or stories. Yeah. So it's a great opportunity for me to be really nosy and go into companies and find out what they're doing. And, and I share 36 companies with our stories from amazing yes. companies in the book. I love that part of the book. I love it too. I mean, I saw a lot of um, companies that I absolutely admire and I'm always talking about in my talks. I saw Atlassian. I saw Deloitte. Deloitte is one of my favorites for so many reasons. I just love the fact that not just how they appreciate their people from a recognition of their hard work, but how they appreciate their people from a mental health perspective um, and the things that they've put in place to support mental health in the workplace. I use them as a model all the time. Um, I saw KFC. Yeah. Funny yeah. enough. And I was like, hmm. Made me, made me stop and think, but actually they're doing a pretty, they're doing a pretty good job. And of course, LinkedIn. Um, I try to have a real range. As a matter of fact, yes. I've got one company that only has 20 employees. And then I've got, so I, I try to have companies that you might recognize because yeah. sometimes you need to do that just from a credibility exactly. perspective. But then also, you know, you can read a lot of big, about big companies all the time. All the time. Um, and I thought, let's hear from other companies. And also, I like to be able to share diverse ones. So KFC, perfect example. Their approach is different than everyone else that I interviewed. Their approach is very personalized. Yes. So when I interviewed the um, chief people officer, he said, you know, we give people freedom to recognize in their own personal style and their own way. And um, I need to actually get one of these things because I'll, I'll try to describe it. But um, the chief people officer said that he personally gives people something called a culture vulture award, which is when people live the culture and values, he sends them. So it's a little dog toy and uh -huh. it's, it's in the shape of a vulture. It's like a squeaky vulture toy costs him about three pounds 99. And when someone really lives the value and he wants to appreciate them, he sends it to him and it's oh, just wow. really, it's really different, unique. And I share stories like that to make people think about, you know, it's great to have formal recognition programs, but every once yeah. in a while, I mean, who wouldn't love a squeaky culture vulture toy? I know Java would. Java would like one. My dog. Yes, yes. <laughs> dogs love squeaky toys. <laughs> Adults don't like them, but, but dogs no, no, yeah. definitely not. Especially when you when you have babies and you someone buys your baby a noisy toy. Yes, yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely would appreciate a culture vulture. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you raise a really interesting point, um, Deborah, when it comes to appreciation. A lot of organizations really do suck at this, for lack of a better word, right? They're not great at showing appreciation. What are some of the things, I know you mentioned them in your book, like what are some of the key things that are happening that are causing organizations not to be successful when it comes to recognition? You know, I think, and, and I've designed recognition programs that using your word suck. Um, and I think it's probably because sometimes we just jump in without really thinking it through. And we don't yeah. think of all the really important things. And actually in my book, I start out with this concept of a feeling. Yeah. So it's interesting. I'm sure anytime you've ever you know, done a podcast or you've written a board paper or writing a book, the very first couple paragraphs are really, really important. And I decided to start the book out with a, a quote from Maya Angelou. I'm sure we know this quote. I love this quote. Um, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but they'll, they'll never, never forget how you feel. feel. Exactly. And to me, that is our biggest mistake in recognition is we forget about the appreciation feeling and we jump right in and we, we build them and we don't think about the end and how people are gonna feel. Like we give them a reward that might not make them feel appreciated or we use words that don't make them feel appreciated. Or one of my pet peeves is we create winners and losers without making our people, you know, thinking about how they feel. So to me, that's something. And then building on that things like, um, you know, we're in a world where we're really all in HR, really focusing on diversity, inclusion and belonging. And we need to look at, through those lens when we look at our recognition programs because too often we create haves and have not so I think there's some key things we need to do differently fundamentally mm -hmm. I remember working in an organization once that gave special recognition awards and they were cash rewards but they only gave them to the most outstanding people like the people who who gave the company the most profit or saved the company money and um in HR, it's just one of those spaces that is hugely neglected, right? But we do save the company money and we do a lot of great things. So like to ever think you were going to get a special recognition award being in HR was a bit um, tough. Um, but then also there are lots of other people in the organization that are doing good things, but may never, ever see that special recognition award. And I just to your point about belonging, like it really, it made me think about that in that moment, because I think there are lots of things that organizations do to create a, um, and show appreciation, but if it doesn't touch everyone, if it doesn't make Absolutely. everyone feel like they belong, then like you said, you're creating kind of like a us and them. It really yeah. doesn't fit the bill, does it? No, and a couple, you know, I'm, I'm very, very sophisticated with my terminology. So in the book, I say things that creates the piss off factor or the eye rollers. Yes. So I don't use complicated words. I just use the words that mean it. And I think we do that. I interviewed um, Eric Hutchinson, who used to be with the NBA, National Basketball Association. And when I talked to him about his thoughts on recognition, he said, you know, think of it like a basketball game. You can't just celebrate the people who score the goals. What about the person who passed them the ball? What about the person who stole the ball from the other player? Yeah. And it's really important to challenge us and to your, your, your point, 
think about who are all the other players on your team and what are all the amazing things and not just celebrating that star who might dunk the basket, you know, you know yeah. dunk the ball in the basket. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, I, in the book, I write about the master chef approach to winners and losers. Cause I was obsessed with master chef. <laughs> During lockdown, I just became obsessed with it. And I'm, um, you know, they still have winners and losers, but they just, they just get it right. They, um, they've got lots of ways to win. You, you watch it. So you know what I mean? They've got like the mystery box or the mm-hmm. challenge or the invention test. Um, and I think if we challenge ourselves to look for recognition in different ways and even, you know, how we recognize people, if you've got a program where it genuinely makes sense to have winners, what about all those amazing people who are nominated? They're still winners. Yes. You know, in MasterChef, they call like the, the five best dishes up to be tasted. You know, you don't have to be the top one. Those other mm-hmm. four people still feel amazing. Yes. And, and we need to create that amazing feeling as yes. long as it's genuine, meaningful. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I want to say this. Um, and ask you this question. When it comes to recognition, I think, or showing appreciation, I think a lot of times we think of it at high level, like in the organization, you have this structure for recognition, but what stops employees from recognizing each other and giving each other a high five? And what stops leaders and teams from just recognizing their employees and saying, look, you guys did a great job on this project. Lunch is on me today bears on me I always think about um you know like the police force and I know like I have um, a friend in the police force and I know they're always talking about how at the end of a shift they you know take each other out for drinks just to show appreciation for it was a long day we got out there it was hard but we made it simple things like that what are your thoughts on peer-to-peer recognition and team recognition yeah, I'm glad you raised that. So um, again, terminology that's simple to use. I am a firm believer in what I call crowdsourcing approach to recognition. I think you use that term as well. Yep. Um, and the reason why I think it's so important, two reasons. First of all, um, one person cannot capture every recognition moment. You know, if you're a manager or a leader, there's only so many things that you can capture in a day, in a week, in a month. So the more people we have um, wearing your recognition glasses, the more opportunities you are to, to spot the, the recognition happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then the other reason is, is it's meaningful from peers as well. There's lots of data on, it's not just meaningful being recognized by a, a, a manager, but it's just as meaningful to be recognized by a colleague. You know, yeah. how wonderful that one of your colleagues saw what you did and they appreciate it. So mm-hmm. personally, I think that you diminish the impact of recognition if you limit it to managers and leaders. And, in my book, I talk about the evolution of recognition yes. and that really, and there's four phases in, in my world. I'm sure yes. there's other ways of defining it, mm-hmm. but that really to me was the second phase. So the first phase was years of service. That's what we used to do first. Yes, long and service. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the second phase was more of the best of the best manager led recognition. And most companies that I'm speaking to these days are moving more towards that. Let's just get everybody involved and do this crowdsourcing approach and if you're not doing it right now just do it you know it's it's as simple as that it doesn't cost more money to do it just do it no it's true I really appreciate that because I think oftentimes we think that it has to start from the company level and we can't do it within our 
groups, but peer-to-peer -peer recognition is so important. Team recognition is important. And if, like you said, if you're not doing it, just do it like Nike, just do it. Yep. And you, you, I didn't mention the bit about team, but you're right. I love team recognition because one of the things that, you know, going back to the, the piss off factor and the eye rolling factor, sometimes it's because what we do is we pick one person in the team out yeah. And we recognize them. And then everyone else in the team is just sitting there rolling their eyes going, exactly. why them and not me? Yeah. So if you've got teams doing things, first of all, it makes sure you recognize everyone. And secondly, it encourages and supports the whole idea of collaborating and working as a team and showing as a business that you actually appreciate teams pulling together and doing things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes, yes, definitely. So you're a seasoned author. I mean, you're four books in right <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm almost finished my fifth so yeah I am and, but this just came out in March right so I'm a bit obsessed right now yeah wonderful wonderful what is your favorite part about writing books I mean all within the scope of HR and just tackling things in a different perspective I know there's so many books out there about recognition and stuff like that what makes this particular book so special for you you know, it's interesting. I was just speaking at, an, uh, at a live event this week, which was wonderful. And people were asking me that, you know, like, you know, you just wrote a book. Now you're working on another one. What is it? And um, I, I sort of see my books as gifts to all the people that have helped me in HR over the years, because I know how busy we are in HR. And to be honest with you, I think each and every one of us could write a book, especially the kind of books Absolutely. that I write. We could write it, but we don't have the time. So my gift are my books, because what I do is I, I normally spend about nine months writing a book where I spend a lot of time researching, a lot of time going on long walks and thinking, and a lot of time interviewing. So I'm basically bundling everything together so that when, for example, you want to do something with recognition, you can go to that. You want to do something on values, you can do that. And I love the process, absolutely love, love, love the process. And I love the fact that when I set my books free, it, it can help people. I mean, I have people messaging me all the time. I love that story about the culture vulture. I love that story about what Alassian does with bobbleheads. It gave me an idea to do this. Yes. And to me, that's, that's what success is. When Glenn and I wrote Build It and our publisher said, what does success look like to you? They were surprised because we didn't say it's the number of books. It's right how many people we sparked their inner rebel and how many people we helped, which, you know, I know that's what your podcasts and you in general are all yeah. about as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what makes it all so fulfilling. I think at the end of the day, right. Absolutely. Knowing that you help someone um, to either move their career forward, think a little bit differently about a particular topic, like, employee engagement showing appreciation just knowing that you've made that difference that someone's heard or read what you said and gone ah light bulb this is what I could do differently this is how I can regain the joy in my in my HR career those are the things that's that are mark success for me it's not how many followers you have or how many people listen to it but the people who do listen to it and it makes an impact that's all that, that's all that matters. Yeah. And one of the things that I've been loving doing, and I loved it when I was an HR person. And now that I'm out on my own, I get to do it as well, which is to go in and do workshops with managers. And I did a workshop last week with 
50 managers from a, an organization. And at the beginning, it was on recognition. At the beginning, I said, how many of you are recognizing your people? And they all looked around, not one person raised their hand. Mm -hmm. And then we went through the whole workshop and we, we talked about why it's important. And I helped them practice it and understand it. They did a great job. And at the end, I said, how many of you going to go back and recognize someone today or later this week? Every single person raised their hand. Yeah. So, you know, the point about joy, it didn't just spark joy in them. But I know that those 50 people are going to go spark joy in at least 50 employees in their company, if not more. Yes. And there's going to be a ripple effect because then their employees are going to spark joy in other people and so on and so on. Exactly. Exactly. You pay it forward, which is why you are the chief pay it forward officer. I hey. love it. <laughs> Anyone else can use that title. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Deborah, I wish you every success with your book. I know it's going to be fabulous um the more people who get to read this experience it will definitely be better for it thank you, thank I, you I, for I taking so. the time to write it oh thank you well I was going to say the book that I'm working on now and the reason why it's not going to take nine months is I've had so many people in this book where they've said oh can I buy copies for my managers and I've said mm, it's not really for managers right so I'm creating a manager version which is going to be it's going to be much shorter, you know, it's for a manager, here's what you need to do to do it well. And I, again, I'm really excited about something like that. So that, because I know that each HR leader could write that themselves. They just don't have the time to do it. Yes. So again, it's, it's my gift. Hopefully exactly. it'll be done in October. I'm hoping. Okay. Beautiful. Well, we wish you every success with that. I know it will be great. And I hope you're able to meet your, your personal deadline. So guys, if you don't have this book, go get it appreciate it the playbook for employee recognition it is out it is fabulous it is a great tool to add to your toolbox and also to share it with others so that they too can benefit from it so i gotta ask i gotta <laughs> ask you <laughs> uh -uh. <I> gotta, <laughs> what are you what are you reading and watching listening to right now that you think our audience would enjoy like what's what's new on your list i know master chef <laughs> <laughs> you took one of mine because it's funny because I'm, I'm reading so many books but I thought being a rebel I would I would share some things that are outside of the norm and again one is MasterChef because I learn something about people every single time yes. I watch it and then the other thing that I'm getting a lot of inspiration from are my Peloton classes so I'm taking from different instructors and like I took a class yesterday and I seriously got three new ideas for blogs and things to do different because they motivate me in, in, in different ways. Well, I, I guess push and challenge yourself to, to look within the HR community, but then other things that are just used at the word before spark light bulbs. What, what are going to create those light bulb moments yeah. mm -hmm. for you? Definitely. Exercise is one of those things that I don't love, but when I do it, um, it does give me all of these ideas and sometimes I get so overwhelmed, but thank goodness for my phone and the voice note section. So I can yes. just, <laughs> just put it out there or like my love of notebooks. I'm obsessed with notebooks. I love really cool notebooks and just having those around different places around the house. I know it drives my family crazy, but when I get an idea, I want to be able to write it down. Sometimes I get ideas cooking, cleaning. The, the <laughs> shower, the shower. My the husband shower. 
he actually bought me like a plastic thing to have in the shower because he knows that I'm in the shower. Then I run out to write something down and that way I can do it in the shower. <laughs> I love that. Kudos to your husband for being so thoughtful. <laughs> oh my goodness. So tell me again, being so busy doing all of these different things, how do you practice self-care? Well, first of all, I have to say I was rubbish at it before. Um, and lockdown actually helped me with it. I'm sure many people, same thing. It made you prioritize and, and made you understand what was important. So one of the things that we started doing, speaking of my husband, is we started doing lunchtime walks. Yeah. Every single day at 12 o'clock, we lock our calendars and we do lunchtime walks. And it's, it's great because we're outside, we're with our lovely dogs, and actually, I have so enjoyed being with my husband. You think you, you talked about what do I read? How do I learn? My husband is um, a senior manager for the first time. Okay. So we are out there. I'm either talking about my books and picking his brain or he's picking my brain about how to deal with an HR situation as a senior manager. So I, to me, that really helps me self-care. Um, the other thing that works for me is mixing things up. I used to be very much... I have to work, I have to work, you know, eight, 10 hours a day. And now I step away. So, you know, often I'll take a break in the middle of the day, listen to a podcast, I listen to your podcasts, you. listen to a podcast and clean the house. Mm -hmm. And just doing the two of those things together, yeah. it makes me feel great. My house is cleaner or I cook and I listen to a podcast or sometimes I'll listen to a, a book on Audible. And to me, that's great. And then the last thing is I, I've learned that when I'm at a point and we all get to that point, at some point, we have to be honest with ourselves, I escape and my husband's very supportive. So when I get to the point where I, I know I need to do something or it'll be too late, I escape. I'll just drive somewhere, stay in some little hotel for a night and walk the mountains. Mm -hmm. uh, even if it's pouring rain, I will yeah. walk the mountains because I know that I need to build back my mental strength. Yes, yes. I love that. Some great suggestions there as well. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. Deborah, now speaking to younger Deborah, what advice would you give yourself as an aspiring working through your HR career? Um, I think one is about bravery. And I wish I had been braver sooner. Mm -hmm. um, I can remember one of my bosses telling me, you can't leave your office and go talk to people. And I'm like, but I need to go talk to people and get input. Yeah. But I wasn't brave enough to challenge. I had another boss who said, you know, you need to do things this way. And I knew that was wrong. So being brave mm -hmm. um, and remembering why you're being brave. You're being brave because you want to do the right thing. You want to make a difference. So I wish I had done. I wish I had done that sooner. Um, and I, I wish I had understood the importance of strategy. I'm, I'm very obsessed with strategy. And again, I think too often in my career, I've jumped right into the what and not the why. Mm -hmm. And I've built recognition programs or I've built benefit programs or I've put training programs in place. And I haven't fundamentally taken the time to, to pause and think about why I'm doing it, how it aligns with my business, how it aligns with my people. So I always, always, always encourage people to start with that strategy. Even if you're being asked to jump in and do the what, you know, say, I will give me an hour, at least an hour, give me a day to, to think about the why first. Yeah, that sounds like um, 
great advice, especially I've just thought of Simon Sinek's book, Start yes. with Why. Yeah, Absolutely. always start with why. It's really yeah. important. If you know your why, it makes it so much easier, right? Yeah. And sometimes we think that the why is big. So, you know, when it comes to recognition, for example, so often we don't think about the why. And I've got an example of someone who came up to me at a session and said they've got an employee of the month program. And I asked them, why do you have it? And they said, because we wanted to put something in place so that people would recognize each other. It wasn't happening. So we said, if we go out every month, they'll do it. I'm like, but your why is not to have a winner. Your why is to recognize people every month. Yeah. So it can be a small why. It doesn't have to be a big why. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And to your um, point about, you know, recognition being small things, sometimes people just want to hear thank you. Absolutely. I mean, there was a study that said 72% of people said it's a simple thank you. And I interviewed somebody who is a personal trainer and he, he talked about how you don't just wait and recognize someone at the end of the marathon when you're training for a marathon. You know, you recognize them, you thank them, you encourage them when they hit that first milestone of running a mile, when they run in the middle of a rainstorm. And he said that people will never achieve the big goals if you don't have those little thank yous and encouragements throughout the way. Mm-hmm. A little bit means a lot. Little things mean a lot. Yeah. They really, really do. They do. Mm-hmm. What is next for Deborah Corey? Well, I mentioned to you this new book, which, um, yeah, I think I've, the last couple of weeks I've spent many hours in my pajamas because I don't know about you, but when you're inspired to do something, you don't want to step away from it. No. So, no. yeah, um, I'm very excited um, about doing something like this. I'm also going to the U.S. for the first time in three years to do a live talk, oh, wow. which I haven't done. Yes, yeah, so I'm very excited. I went to Australia a couple months ago to do my first live talk yeah. in a while, and I've done a couple in London. But yeah, I'm really excited about, about doing that and just going out there. You know, I've got all these books with all these ideas and stories and, and just going out there and, and sharing them with more people. So I appreciate you giving me this avenue to, to be able oh. to hopefully help and inspire people so my pleasure I'm sure that we will even if it's just one person the most important thing is we've touched someone and I'm sure that we will with this episode and with that Deborah Corey you've survived your sound your time in the sound booth today I want to thank you so much for being here for sharing your book for sharing your experiences for sharing all of your knowledge it's always a pleasure to have you here always a pleasure and you're welcome back anytime you you know you, you always have an open door here, for sure. Thank you very much. Can you tell our beautiful people who are listening to the show today where they can find you on social media? So LinkedIn can connect with me on, on LinkedIn. And I have a website, which is debcohr.com. And the two areas I would point you to is I have one section called free resources, where you can download different things that I've written doesn't cost anything, just download them for free and some blogs that hopefully will inspire people as well. So certainly go to that. I write those resources for you. So take advantage of them. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I will include them in the comment section of this episode. With that being said, thank you so much for being here, Deborah. I appreciate you and I wish you all the best. Back to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me for this episode of HR Sound Off. I hope that you found it useful. You can find this and all of the episodes of HR Sound Off on all major podcast platforms. 
Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you name it, we're there. Remember, HR SoundOff is created by HR professionals for HR professionals. If you would like to share your story, then reach out to us and let us know. Make sure to hit the notification bell and subscribe to HR SoundOff on YouTube as well as Podbean. And we'll see you again when we next sound off.